Okay. No worries, yeah. No worries. Yeah. Easy. Um, so I'm just gonna do a little intro. <laughs> that is gonna be so funny. <laughs> You're gonna make me laugh. back to another episode of Fours Open Doors. It's that time of year again where a lot of people are considering moving out of home, particularly out of college, and I'm sure this can be a really overwhelming experience for some um, if they have no idea what the process is, which is including myself. So today I've got two legends to chat to, Matt and Julian, who went through three years, <laughs> they went through three years of college, uh, living in a residential college, and have spent their first year in a share house this year. So um, I'm hoping they're both pros when it comes to getting your first rental. Um, so welcome, boys, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, Freya. Yeah, Freya it's a yeah. true honour. I don't know if we could call ourselves experts in the in the field, but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> no, I reckon you guys, you guys are definitely know more than myself. Um, but before we get into it, we always ask everyone who comes on, like, what's what they've been snacking on. So do you guys have a favourite snack um, of your week or of your exam period? Um, you go first, Gilda. Well, as of right now, I've been like, I've been buying avocados from like one of the like groceries. Well, like there's these fruit stores at Indrapilly that are really, that sell like kind of bulk avocados for cheaper. And you just kind of make like a bulk <laughs> guacamole kind of at like the start of the week. And then you just like pick at it for like the week with chips. That's That's been the go-to snack and it's absolutely what like what chips do you use for that? I usually just go for the Doritos salted, but um, uh, more recently, one of the other boys in the house has been buying Doritos cheese, and they are pretty good in the combination. Ooh, that's that's really good. I like that one. Yeah, mine's not as healthy as Gildo's, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I've just been hitting the caramel and chocolate protein bars. Oh, nice. Protein in them. Yeah, well, at least it's got something good in there. Yeah, the protein label is just there to make me feel good about it. And then yeah. the salted caramel is really what gets me. He's making some. Yeah. So that's did, you guys, did you guys have a lot of those during your exam period as well? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think three packs a week, actually, of five five bars. So well, I actually think 15. if both of us have started doing during exams period, we'd buy like bulk nuts, like cashews. And mm. during exams, like you just like have them at your desk, and you just like munch on like mm. so many nuts. Like gilding loves <laughs> nuts. Like I've got these roasted nuts, and he just loves eating them. He can't get enough of them. <laughs> yeah. You can definitely branch into some more creative snacks when you have a ready kitchen <laughs> there. Well, okay, that's a great segue to um, what we're chatting about today. So we'll just start off by asking. What's this year? What has this year been like for you guys after moving into your share house? Well, I think this year, regardless if you're moving into a share house or you're at college, or even if you're, I don't know, living with your parents, or whatever, it's just been weird, you know? It's been like quite weird the fact that we couldn't have people over, the fact that we couldn't socialize as much. And I guess going from like a college bubble where, as you said earlier, like you have someone at your room every like, you know, two minutes, someone just pops up and has a yarn with you. I guess moving from that sort of environment to like an environment where you can't eat, like it's against the law to have people over. I think that was like pretty weird. It was like a bit, yeah. we were put a bit out of our comfort zone, to be honest. And 
But um, I think the fact that we have a house of seven, I think only two people were gone during ISO, so we still had five, and that's a pretty good group to just, you know, keep the socialising going, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So. and I think that with the COVID limitations in terms of numbers that were imposed, <laughs> at least in Queensland, so it was like you, there was a time when it was you were only allowed 10 people and that included the people in your house. So having seven in our house, we kind of were hit harder by that. Like we would be at COVID maximum numbers with all of like with people's respective like significant others coming over. So like that was like a really like strange thing. And we obviously couldn't really have like people over. But now that everything's been able to like calm down a lot, like it's been, it's just been like a breath of fresh air to be able to just like, have everyone come over and yeah we're able to have like more like dinner things with other houses and stuff like that so it's been like covid's definitely been a bit of a block like in the year but we definitely haven't like suffered as much as like a lot of other people who've like say like with the example of college this year of having to like get kicked out and move definitely, back to wherever yeah because mm, yeah, i feel like when you move out you like have your own space that you can yeah, as you said like have dinner parties or whatever have bigger parties like housewarmings all that to look forward to so you guys have been stitched up a little bit with that with your first yeah, year yeah I think everyone has been but I guess like when it's your first year out it's hard to realize whether this is the norm or not you know obviously we all knew that COVID was just like like something else but we didn't know if like our first semester into our house was like what it was supposed to be like you know there definitely was a little bit of cabin yeah. fever at least for me that came in as well like I was staying in Brisbane and I think it's just too like it was day in day out not really going out to do any activities and just staying with like the same people and like love the boys in the house but i think like you can just like see too much for some people and just like get like you know it just gets in your head but as things have opened up like we've all like all of that stuff just disappears like you just need to have a sometimes i think mm, as well 100 percent no, you look like you had a good time. Like, didn't you? Did you start an Instagram page or something for your house? <laughs> oh, yeah, at the uh, Beerong Boys, I believe, if anyone wants to follow that. Oh, <laughs> uh, just, yeah, that the Instagram page was definitely there to keep ourselves entertained a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, we had during kind of COVID, we at the back of our house, we have a shed and we like, there's, we don't put any cars in there. We've kind of kept the space free. And Jules had the idea at the beginning of the year to go and um, buy, like, this full-on bar that we put on, like, the back of a U. Cost us, like, what? Like, it was $80. $80. For, like, and four stools. Like, and a, like a, a nice-looking bar. Like, similar yeah. to the buttery a little bit. Yeah. Except it has, like, an L shape. That's sick. Um, like, and so, like, yeah. when we did, we've been able to have, like, like, beers just with, like, all of us just, like, having there. We've got a little bit of a drinking space at the back. So, like, the setup has been all right. Yeah, that's been keeping us a bit entertained throughout COVID and stuff. So, yeah, I guess it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, you adapted. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so did you, oh, like, I suppose it's been a bit of a stuff around, as you said, this year, but have you preferred it over the college lifestyle or would you prefer to not still be at college, but which um, experience have you preferred more? Well, like, I, like, loved the three years I had at college, but I think I was ready to go at, at the end. Like, you, you go oh, in boy. and you have, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go in and you have, like, such a fantastic time, but it is nice to then kind of get away and have a breath of fresh air. And I think you kind of, like, get a bigger appreciation for kind of like your friends and things like that because it's it's not everything becomes convenience anymore you actually have to think about 
what do I want to do like with this person if I want to go see them? You can't just waltz into their room and have a have a yarn. Like you've mm-hmm. got to think about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it was more like on a uni level, it was a lot mm-hmm. better moving out in terms of like like loved college so much, but we let I think we left it at the right time and it was getting like at the point in my degree where I needed to switch on if I actually wanted to retain information. So like having the house environment and maybe even COVID helped a bit in that sense that you don't have all those distractions that you usually have at college. Um, so how have you enjoyed kind of being more of an adult? So obviously you have to cook your own meals now, so I'm assuming you guys yep. do. Um, so how has that There's been? There's a fair bit of Uber Eats that goes on for in this house. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're getting really good deals, so it would be rude not to take them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the cooking's been really good um, during exams I think we like we all hate cooking during exams like because you know you have to get it all ready then you have to cook and then you have to like wash everything so it's a lot more convenient to have like you know a little like rice and tuna like those meals that you can just make in like two minutes you know so during exams it's always very different in terms of how the house is cooking as a whole but outside of exams I think we all have a pretty good. Um, we all have it pretty good in the sense that downstairs we share a kitchen with three, upstairs they share a kitchen with four, and I just don't think there would have been a possibility to make it work if we shared a kitchen with seven, you know. So like we had a we we have it pretty we have that sorted, and in terms of the cooking itself, like we've realised that it gets a bit costly, like just buying for yourself, like if you want to, you know, cook one thing for yourself so we've established a pretty good system where one person buys like you know they cook a meal for all of us and they clean and then the other person the next day will buy a meal for the three and then cook and clean and that's just been working really well in terms of it is it is really good it's a hard like it's a thing that you have to get everyone on board in the same schedule though and sometimes like some of the boys might have work until 11 p.m that night so obviously they might not be as keen to like join in on something like that um, but I actually really like doing it because there's, you get into pretty lazy cooking if you're only cooking for yourself. Like you can be pretty happy just to be like, oh, like I'll just have some like oats and milk and just call it like a night, like that's fine. But if you are, if you're cooking for other people, like you definitely feel like you have to step it up a bit and, um, actually like put a show on. So like mm-hmm. it makes you eat, it makes you eat better for the week as well. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, it sounds like probably like establishing good kind of, routines or handing out jobs and stuff is that like how you kind of go with cleaning as well do you take in terms of all that stuff yeah we're really like relaxed with cleaning I think that all of us just have the idea of like we we give and like the others give as well so this is like most of the cleaning like we sort out between ourselves downstairs Mm -hmm. um, and one of us will just be like look I'm wanting to clean the floors if I vacuum would you be happy to mop and like that's essentially it like we don't. We did have for a little bit of time like a tally that would be like how many times have you emptied the dishwasher to like like it was just like a keeping track, but um that kind of like phased yeah. off like more now it's just like a really just like everyone just just do just do it essentially and yeah. like we all like I think between just three of us it's easy enough to keep track of like everyone's kind of contributing. Yeah, it's a bit like a autonomous yeah. system in the sense that everyone's like has the responsibility to be clean. And it's like there's not going to be a police or cop like come up to you and say like, hey, mate, you have to do like you have to mop. You haven't done it in two weeks. You know, there's sort of that 
expectation of just you like just going out of your way to just do it. And I, I think it takes time for people to find the right dynamic. Like certain houses have like a striking system. Some houses just have like a schedule, you know, like on a fridge and then each week someone else does the cleaning. Mm. Um, I think, yeah. So for all the people listening who might be moving out, like I think you just need to like probably give yourself a month or two to identify what is the best solution for your house, you know, what I is the best that, method. And then um, once you've nailed it, then you're just like, yeah, it just flows, you know, it's just easy and just. I think yeah. that comes into the point as well. It's a hard thing to try and predict. And like, we've been lucky enough that it has worked out, but it can be hard to figure out as to whether or not the people you're moving out with do have kind of like, say, similar, like cleaning values. Like if someone is clean, mm. you can definitely see that that's going to be like the source of controversy in the house. Like they're always cleaning and getting annoyed at the others. So I reckon you really do have to have a little bit of a think about like, will these people be on a similar page as to like what my kind of lifestyle is? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how did you guys decide who got what room? Mm. We were actually, like, we didn't have too much controversy. It well, was all pretty... Like, I think the probability of that is very, very, very low. But we have seven people and each one wanted a different room. So, like, it was extremely... Yeah. It was perfect. really yeah. easy. And, like, we all agreed. I think rather than who gets which room, the hardest thing to nail is the pricing of each room. That often is like a bit of a controversy in different houses because how much more does someone need to pay if they have an ensuite, you know? And some people like also like think that if a room has two windows and it's on the corner, it gets like a lot of light. Like does that mean that it should be a slightly like more yeah. expensive room and all? And that's, I think, because also that's a big dictator for who wants what rooms because some people are a lot more like money-minded as to like, what room they want while other people will be like actually i do want an ensuite and i want to pay that bit more for that yeah so we've got one ensuite in our house um which is like obviously the more expensive room while generally all the other rooms are the same price except for one because they don't have cupboard space yeah and we thought that that would be fair to reduce the price because they have to go purchase something to put their shirts on and stuff like yeah that. so Callum mason like the like we all pay 155 except Pagey and Callum Mason, his room is similar to any other, but um, the fact that he doesn't have a cupboard means that he'll need to buy one. So we reduced his rent by $5, which meant over the year he saves $250 that he can just put towards like, you know, a nice, a nice um, shelf or something like that. Mm. Nice cupboard. Do you guys work out the pricing of each room before you kind of chose or did yeah, you go we, in and like be like, oh, I want yeah, this one? Yeah. I think we were quite like there was, there was very, very little overlap of two people going like, I really want that room because we were quite lucky that um, so like there's two rooms upstairs that have like these huge, nice like mirror walls and like they overlook like the kind of back of a house and um Two of the boys was like, no, 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 I really want like that room, but no one was really contesting it. Being like, no, you guys go for it, because then there was like the biggest room in the house is like another separate one to itself. So I think everyone was different minded about what they wanted. Well, Jared's argument was, um, I want the smallest room because that means there can be like less mess in my room. <laughs> like the smaller the room, the smaller <laughs> mess I can create, and that was his reasoning. And we were like, you know what? Fair enough. Like you go for it, and then from there, how's that going for him? Yeah, good, good. 
No, I'm pretty um pretty clean and stuff. I guess during exams, everyone you know just you know can't be can't be fucked. Just you know yeah. doing the simple simple chores. But, I don't th- no, yeah. I don't think that anyone in our house has an especially dirty room. And there no. have definitely been phases of some people having a bomb, but like yeah. they usually get themselves sorted out. Mm. Is there any roaching that goes on in the share oh, house? I don't or? want to talk about it. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say. Oh, the most annoying roach that has happened oh. to me. Like this is just because it was so like minuscule. That was is that um, I came back after being like away for like a day or two, and I've got two matching kind of like um, bedside like tables, and they've got like drawers and stuff with my stuff in it. Like I've got like my undies in there. And I came back, and they just swapped the two. And for about a week, I kept on going to the wrong side of my bed and opening up. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think that wasn't even someone from the house who did that. So it was like just someone came over and thought it was funny. I think the funniest roach this year, which didn't—I wouldn't even say it's a roach—but um, there was a night where um, Gush, Josh Kelly, and Gilding were getting really drunk, and Katie Plume actually. Yeah. Um, you guys were getting really drunk, and Mort and I were just trying to fuck around with them, like just talking gibberish and saying that they were the ones who couldn't understand what we were saying. Anyways, um, we knew that Gilding, Josh, and Gush were all having a sleepover in Gilding's room. And Maud and I were like, oh, we, we should fuck with them. So we went like, so at 11 p.m., you know, they're around the fire and we thought they had like 20 minutes left. So Maud and I went underneath Gilding's bed and waited there, like just watching TikToks and just waited for them to come back. <laughs> and the idea was that we would fall as- we would let like wait for them to fall asleep and then we would start making like crazy noise and the fact that there's three of them in the room you know they would start like blaming each other and slowly come to a realization that it's none of them but um yeah that that, that I, failed i think what, ed- what actually ended up happening is we all ended up falling asleep on the couches and so so he- <laughs> so they were in my room for like something like what an hour yeah and easy. then we come back and, well they go into the room and instantly like one of the boys just like comes out with some rare comment no well no josh josh was like setting up the bed and his foot went in my mouth by accident because i was underneath the bed <laughs> and so that gave it away quite quickly unfortunately but <laughs> what are the chances i'm so I'm just wasted yeah but it was worth it. <laughs> the potential of it was great just the execution yeah, maybe next maybe time. Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll get into more kind of like the crux of the process of actually like getting the share yeah. house. Um, so how did you sort the best locations for you guys and what types of things did you consider when finding your house? Um, I think like as soon as you've got your group sorted, I think the next step is identifying which suburbs like you're looking at. Um. We were all like we had. I think we had five suburbs. It was Saint Lucia, Turinga, Tawong, Indrapilly, Auckland Those were like the big five for us because we wanted to keep some sort of proximity with the uni, but also the college in that sense. You know, like not be too far from everything. And so we all like spoke, and everyone was on the same page. So that was easy. And then once you've established, you know, which suburbs you'd like to move into, then it's just a matter of moving on to like finding the houses and applying for them. it's a lot of i think what in terms of like actually yeah. getting the house and everything like i reckon once you've picked your like like your various suburbs 
it's you've then at that point in time you've just got to like cast your net and try and apply for like everything you can because yeah you we we had like a fair few like disappointments where like we got really really excited about a house and then you get let down and i think you really just got to apply for everything you can and like have everything come back did you guys get the suburb you wanted in the end yeah yeah so we got to wong um and we had a we initially had a group of six and but like out of every college because like we were still quite close you know with like the third years of leos and the third years of women's and we were sort of like talking to them and trying to figure out where they were with their whole application and i think that for some reason john's was like like a lot more switched on with everything mm-hmm. so like as soon as we identified so the better college obviously yeah, yeah damn definitely but um <laughs> no there was just like in terms of our applications like like um, Water Dad's house, which had five people. Sorry, I shouldn't say Water Dad's house. <laughs> I should Craig, say Craigie. Craigie's house, sorry. Like Craigie's house, um, <laughs> the girls as well that have six. We had six. So we had like quite large groups in our cohort and everyone managed to find like a good house. So and yeah. The, so, and the good thing is as well is that um, this is like obviously something that's just luckily come together, but all of like these houses that Julian's talking about are all within about a five minute drive vicinity. Like mm-hmm. all of us have more or less become based in Tuong, which is really nice. Um, it's yeah. just like so convenient being able to go off and see everyone. I don't think anyone had to go to Graceville or across the river or like in Barden, like somewhere where they initially, you know, apply for. Um, everyone sort of got a house in the area they wanted. I feel like across the river it would be such a mish, like you're used to college literally just walking to uni and then you have to actually think about how to get to uni. Oh, uh, the bus to uni yeah. is such an inconvenience. Um, yeah. Like Jules and I, what actually, I only, so this semester I only had to go in for one day a week at uni, just I think Jules was a few more. Mm. But um, we kind of started that, like we would carpool, like drive in and pay the $5 parking at uni because like, if we just split that $5 parking between us, it's cheaper than the bus and also so much more convenient rather than like a half hour trip. You can do it in 15 minutes, leave whenever you want. Yeah. I think the worst thing I have about the bus is the fact that like when you get, when you're the bus back leaves five minutes after the hour. So you finish a class, you have to go running all the way back to get to the bus. <laughs> and then if you miss it, then you're just there for another hour. Like, yeah. So it leaves yeah. like 59 of each hour from seven to six. So like seven fifty nine, eight fifty nine, nine fifty nine, and it's like it's such a pain because like your classes usually finish at you know fifty fifty five, but when yeah. you're like on the other side of the uni, it's just such a pain to like get there. And I guess like the thing in the morning is like sometimes the buses are like quite early. Sometimes they can be like four minutes early, and you know they don't really update the Translink app. So you go yeah. up there, you wait for the bus, and you think it's being late. And you wait and you wait and then you realize that the TransLink app says that the bus is already, you know, at the next point. So, and then you're just like, fuck this. Like I'm going back home and just home or whatever. You know? I'll say this though. I yeah, I just From a coworker just the other day, it's called Transit. It's for like Queensland bus system. And it gives you a like live update as to where every single bus line is. So you can see if the bus is three minutes away or two minutes away. I use it and I use it like all the time to like, because it's so bad when you like get to the bus stop like just on time and you're not sure if the bus has already come or gone and you're just sitting there waiting. So, but I like really recommend that app for tracking to see whether or not your bus has ditched you. <laughs> yeah, what's it called again? Trans- Transit. Yeah, T R A S I T. 
Um, so when you did you find like an agent or an agency or something to assist or did you just kind of go through the process by yourself? Yeah, no. So like the thing is like different so different houses will come out and it might end up that the three houses you apply for have a different agency, you know? So like you don't really go through like you don't talk to like a Ray White um um real estate and say like, hey, we have a group of five, can you sort us out and send us through what you have? Like this sounds a bit harsh, but in their eyes, we're just another group of uni students looking for a house to rent, you know? And yeah, like you're not going to be big buyers. Or exactly. Anything. Like we're quite in, insignificant, like, you know. Um, but in, in terms of like the application, so we didn't go through an agency. We just like on a daily basis, we just check um, domain.com and realestate.com. Those are like the two good websites. And then you just keep checking, and as soon as one come out, you just apply as soon as you can. Um, applying for a house, like whether you get the house or not, like depends on so many factors. Like not just first one in. Like it's when you're like competing with other uni students, it might turn out that one group will get it, and you might not, and there isn't really an explanation as to why you didn't get it. You know? Yeah. So it's like the best thing you can do is just have all your one form documents ready, like make it very easy for the agent to just take your application and send it to the owner. Get everyone in your house on the same boat of like every single time you make an application, you have to like make like a little update to all of your one form. So you want to make sure that everyone in your house is on the ball. Like when something comes back, they're on it within like 12 hours at least because otherwise you lose the house and like you just essentially you just need everyone to be on the same boat. Yeah. And, and little things like little details can sometimes make the difference. Like, I'm not sure if that's why we got our house, but for example, Pagey had experience in pool cleaning and we just chucked that in the application, you know, for a house with a pool, just saying like, we didn't end up getting that house. That was bullshit. But. <laughs> there was, there was a, yeah, we, we tried to. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a bit of a story time or? This is, this is a. Yeah, sure. We were in competition so with we, another we, group of. We were competing with the Gordon girls. Um, pretty much we'd offered more money. Um, our reference. Um, like contacted the agent but didn't contact the agent for the girls. We had the same reference, like someone from college who like helped us but not the girls, which was a bit controversial. <laughs> but anyways, despite all of that, we still didn't get the house. We're, we're happy of how things worked out at the end. but I think they just took six boys in the house yeah. rather than six girls. Yeah, I feel like definitely they would – um. Like, I mean, like, you guys are nice guys. They're probably from the outset. They're like, nah, stuff that. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, when you apply for houses, like, it, like only a few groups have gotten a house on the first go, you know? Like, you, will, you will get rejected on various occasions. You will get it um, rejected. You'll apply for many houses, <laughs> and that's fine. You just need to, like, you know, change your application a little bit according to the house sometimes. Um, if the house has, like, a big garden and stuff, like, mentioned that you will take care of the garden and stuff and you have experience with mowing or what whatever you know just constantly try to make your application suitable to the house you're going for and constantly apply and then things will work out really yeah so like the process with the application is it about taking it to um like whoever is renting out like what company is renting out the house do you just take the application to them is it kind of one set application for each renting company or is it different for everyone? Yeah, but for the most part, almost every single application will have you do something called a one form, which is a very like, 
simplistic way it's just like um you put in like a little bit of why you're interested in the house who what's the names of all your people all of that kind of stuff like all the stuff you expect and it's just kind of like a standard application thing that a lot of like real estate agents and like homeowners would use um but the, so beyond that like we applied for a few different ones and i think like depending on the different like landlord agency that you're dealing with various different like little forms will come to you like you just got to yeah. really take it as it comes like the the big thing actually the big advice that i would give is that every agent will ask for like a um a parental guarantee is that no yeah. a guarantor form i forgot the name of it it has a it's a guarantor a guarantor yeah, yeah. so pretty much like us uni students don't earn enough money to just attach up, you know, kitchen pay slips and try to argue that that's enough to pay for rent the whole year. So almost like not like I'd say almost every house you apply for as a uni group um, will ask for a guarantor form. And that's pretty much just your parents saying, um, I will pay for Freya if she can't afford rent. And that's all they're wanting really. Sometimes they may ask for a pay slip of your parent. But if you can get that ready, so if you can get each person in your house to get their parents like to write that and you can just send it straight to the agent as you're applying for the house, that will make it very easy for the agent to send your application as a whole to the owner. Because the, the way it works is, as Gilding said, like you, you, put in, you put in all your details on one form, a house comes out, there'll be an apply now button and apply now is pretty much, it's all done through one form. So it just sends all your details, your wage, your pay slips, your little summary of yourself. It sends all of that straight to the agent. And then the agent just takes like all the documents, puts them all together, makes sure that there isn't anything missing. And then they send it through to the owner. And then the owner has the final call. And that's why like it depends on so many factors because the owner could like just say yes to the first one they receive. Or yes to the first six girls they receive. The Pretty much. So we're uh, not salty about it. How long generally do you reckon, um, well, through your experience, how long did it take for them to get back to you about whether you'd been successful or not? These Uh things move so fast, I reckon. Like we were, you'd do something and you'd hear something back within two days, I reckon, almost always. Yeah. And like we, I think with the house, like we're currently, we applied, we heard something back within two days and within a week or two, we were confirmed. Like yeah. it's very, it moves very, very fast. Sometimes if you don't get it, you hear, you get the response quite quickly. So I know we all applied for the house. I think um, there were three groups from John's applying for the same house and two groups were like, like pr- went to the next stage and the one group that didn't get it got an email saying like, sorry, we didn't you know consider your application for whatever reason. So if you're not getting it, you're probably you'll probably get a response, an email quite quickly. Yeah. If, if there is no news, it's probably that they're like checking out your, checking your application, calling your references. Uh, and that's the other thing. Make sure you put like some references that would, you know, put in a bit of a shift for you. So you guys moved out of college last year, about November. And then when did you start looking into um, houses? Was it pretty much straight away or did you leave it a little bit? Honestly, we started in week 10. Yeah, like, we started in October and we, we we were looking originally for the idea to go straight into a house from college, but yeah. things didn't work out in that way. So our lease ended up starting in... 13th of January. Yeah. So we got the house confirmed, I think, in like beginning December. So then we kind of had like 
two months of everyone kind of like in lieu waiting for the house to actually open yeah. up for us. Yeah, so probably earlier the better to start getting looking into it. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it's got to, you just like everything about the house is it's just like right place at right time that you've applied at the right, like you've, it's come up and you've got it yeah. in there before and anyone else. Like you've just got to always be aware of what houses are opening up if you're, if you're really like keen to get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like check on a daily basis, have all your documents ready and just apply for, I guess, not as many as you can, but apply for the ones you you are interested in. As far as like, because like, don't, don't dally with Because, yeah. You, you you'll get you'll have a chance to say yes or no at the end if they approve your application and that's you know if like let's say you have a group of five Freya and there's a house that four of you really really like and the fifth person you know is a bit hesitant like that's enough to apply for it in my opinion and then if you do get to that next stage that's where you can sit down with you know your group and just go through like you know whether you want that house whether you want to apply for you know another one that could be better um, so, like, once you um, have your application approved and you're all set and um, all the boxes are ticked for that kind of stuff, what sort of down payment do you have to provide? Um, and do you, like, pay bonds with rentals? You pay – I think it could change a lot with depending on your landlord. We paid a bond, uh, which I couldn't be able to – I think it was equal to two weeks of our it was, rent. The bond was four weeks of our rent. Oh, four weeks, yeah. But we had to pay two weeks of our rent up front as well. So we pay. We had the option to pay on a weekly or fortnightly basis, um, but before we got to that, we had to pay the first two weeks and the bond. So um, the bond, yeah, as I said, it's like four four weeks of rent that you usually divide, you know, perfectly. Doesn't really depend on your room or whatever, and then you just pay that up front. And then you hope to get back at the end. Mm. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't break anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you are applying for a house, you should be kind of prepared to provide like that little bit of extra of yeah. um, like cash. Yeah, yeah. you do yeah. need some cash up front ready to go because it yeah. will come. It, and also on top of that, you're going to have to be buying some furniture and other things when you get in there. So you're going to need a little. Yeah, because did you got was yours furnished before or completely uh, unfurnished? So everything. We were lucky enough that we, one of the boys, um, Callum Wright, already lived out, so we did get a fair bit of like stuff that, like couches that he had, but um, definitely like appliances and everything, kitchen stuff, everything yeah. like that. You have to just go and just cop the cost. Well, where did you, where did you find the best place to get all that stuff? Did you go for first hand or second hand? Um, honestly, Kmart. Like, <laughs> like don't overthink those. You know, like a fork's a fork, a knife's a knife, in a sense. Or well, in saying that. <laughs> A good kitchen knife is unreal. Yeah, actually, that's the one thing. If yeah. you're going to go to Kmart for all your stuff, but when you go for knives, I reckon then go, like, whip out, like, $100 on them. Like, good knives are real, like, thick. It's like you, you need to have that ability to weigh what is worth putting a fair bit of money into. Yeah. You know, like, you look at your kitchen, like, if you're got if you're going to, like, make smoothies every day, then it's probably worth putting, like, the extra 50 and buy, like, a decent Nutribullet. And I, I, although I will say, I reckon a toaster's a toaster. Don't go buying a designer toaster. Yeah. A good fridge is also really key. Yeah. Good but fridge. good fridge, probably secondhand is the way to go as well. Yeah. Like, there's not much really when it comes to your kitchen that you want to buy secondhand. But I think things like couches, like fridge, pool table, or actually, um, 
There's a furniture store. It's like an op shop, but with furniture in, where was it? In it's a, in, um, it's over, like you're talking about the Salvation Army. Yeah, right? Salvation Army one. Yeah, I don't know what's over there, but it's the Salvation Army in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 10 minute, 15 minute drive. It's like near Barton and they had like real bargains. Like honestly, like we bought a, like a patio table, you know, there's like glass square tables. Yeah. The ones that like are at every single typical, like, 18 year old piss up that everybody <laughs> sit throughout yeah. and you know there's like green plastic chairs outdoor chairs yeah. you know the green ones the plastic ones is that what you guys yeah, have so like, we, yeah. we, we for the outs for that this is all like for the outside stuff the table was five dollars really? and it's really big like, yeah it was a bargain yeah. and then the chairs were like 150 each yeah and also, I reckon that uh, yeah. I went to a garage sale a couple of weeks before moving in, and I found for five dollars the best matching set of paintings you'd ever see. Oh, they're horrible! <laughs> uh, so I reckon we have some garage sales as well. So you kind of touched on this briefly before. So can you negotiate cheaper rent if you reckon it's a bit excessive? Yes, like that's definitely like. You can definitely do that with your agent, but um, I don't think it's the best way. Like, it's you can't really do that when you're applying for a house. I think if you do that when you're applying for a house, as I said, the agent sees you as a group of uni students amongst amongst like many others. So like, they'll probably just be like, okay, we'll take that you're ready to pay nine fifty, but we're still looking for someone who's going to pay a thousand. And if the house is pretty good and you've got a you know and you know that there are other uni students looking for one at the same time there's a high chance that you know yeah. your application will be disregarded <clears throat> i think a lot of the time they'll only look at the bottom line of how much money are you offering yeah i think for things like rent reductions i think things like that can come in later on if something arises that's an issue yeah. but um ultimately if the if the rent is a problem from the start then maybe the house is just out of your price yeah. range so, like, if, it, if it's something that you want to consider, maybe do it down the track once you've locked in the house and been there for a bit. Yeah. 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 And I think the way to, like, the agent is just trying to find the easiest way of transition. The agent is just trying to find a group of people who will just keep that lease going because when the house is not occupied, the owner's losing money. So the agent doesn't really care who moves in or, like, as long as they're meeting the owner's goals of like rent and whatever, and as long as the there isn't like a large time frame between the previous owners moving out, sorry, the previous tenants moving out and the new ones coming in, that's what they really care about. So that's why once you've actually, once you're actually like established in a house, that's where you can start negotiating because they don't want to go through the whole process of you leaving and them having to find new people to join in. You know, they don't want to do that again. They they just can't be can't be fucked. So they'll just push on to the owner and they'll be like, Look, these boys they've been paying a thousand a month or thousand a fortnight for like um for you know, the last year. Now they want to pay nine fifty, what do you reckon? And it might it might turn out in the owner's advantage because if we did stop, if we can't if we like didn't renew the lease, then there may be a month where the owner doesn't have anyone in the house. And then they'll lose a thousand, you know. That's why, like, once you're, like, in, that's where you can start, like, negotiating and asking for, like, things to be done around the house. Like, 
for example, if you inspect a house and there's like like a massive palm tree in the garden that's just like in the middle of it and it's just, you know, you really hate it, like you can get the house and then talk to the owner about getting it removed at their expense as well, not at yours. So there are a lot of things you can do once you're established, but it's just like getting that initial, getting the house initially, that's what you want to start doing, you know, before all of these things. So like when you, um, so you've got your, might have your lease or your rent locked in or whatever else. Um, So is this generally for a certain period? So will you be locked in for a year or say, and what happens if you want to leave earlier? So um, the, the, the the duration of the lease can just be like any certain amount of time. Like I've heard of one person, they were like looking at a house for a three month lease and that's because the house was going to be like destructed at a certain part. So it really just depends. And all of that information will be on like the website when you're like mm. going to apply for it <clears throat> in terms of like trying to say, get out of the lease once you're signed in, like a lease is a contract and like you are bound to like pay that money. And if not you, then your parents will get roped into it if, or whoever your guarantor is. Um, but you can like assign the te- like the tenancy over to someone else that if someone else like you just let the landlord know and someone else is happy to take your room, you are able to like pass on your like interest in the like tenancy. Um, and that's just a, that's just something that like you just can do on like a basis just between you guys and the like landlord. It's very, very straightforward. Yeah. You, you can't just, um, once you've signed it, you can't cancel and just all like get out of the property um, yeah. and just not pay any rent. And I think the other thing as well, Frey, is that coming back to what we were talking about with the bond, like I, I have, I'm leaving the house in June, but I've signed for an, another year. So I won't be getting the bond when I leave. So I'm going to ask my replacement to give me the amount of the bond I paid and then we can, and then they will, they will receive the part that the agency gives us back. That makes sense. So it's like that whole, like, you know, you're, you're, you can leave if you want, but you won't get your bond back and you are responsible for finding a replacement, you know, and someone to pay your due of the rent. Um, again, I think, yeah, you said this before, but was, is there any particular websites you use to find your house? Um, or like, where did you kind of like find all the houses or any word of mouth or anything like that? There is a bit of word of mouth that goes around, although that's like a benefit of, um, just saying that comes with the whole like college sphere that there is definitely like some college houses. Like I've heard of one that is being passed on to like another set of like college students. And it's just because it's very easy for someone leaving a house to say to their landlord, Hey, I'm leaving, but I know of a group of people. Let me give you their contact. You don't have to advertise at all. That's obviously mm. very like desirable for them. Saving money and time and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then, but beyond that, like domain and realestate.com.au, I think were the real bit two big ones. Like, yeah. Cause sometimes domain would have a house like a day before, like a house like up on the, on the website a day before. And sometimes real estate would have another house a day before. That's just what we noticed. Like, with a few houses that we could find on real estate but not on domain and then we could find on domain but not on real estate. Yeah. Depending on the agency and which website they notify first, I guess. But yeah, if you check those two on a daily basis, you should yeah. be sweet. Awesome. So that's all I've got, guys. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share? 
just just have fun with it. And I think as well, like, you know, if you're moving into a share house, I think it's really good to have all of your big ideas as to what to want to plan with a house. But don't forget that more often than not, you'll probably only be there for a year. So maybe think twice before spending a lot of money on, say, like renovating the whole perf or something like that. Like, it's so exciting, but I think you gotta you got to think about it all in the context. My advice would be the opposite. Go crazy. <laughs> Two grand on a sauna, you know. Actually, I think Campbell found a like yeah, a sauna for free, but you know, just just go crazy. Just like if if you want something in your shed, just buy it. Just yeah, have fun, enjoy the yeah. share house experience. Yeah, sweet. Thank you so much, guys. You have been a massive no, help. No. Um, if you want to find Julian Matt on um Instagram or Facebook, <laughs> yeah. what are you, what are your socials? So my Instagram's actually Julian Janano. I haven't been <laughs> on it for like a year and a half, but I might I might get it going if I get a few um a few followers. Mine <laughs> um, is at Matt Gilding um, on Instagram, but also feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn because I'm looking for work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so much, guys. Thank you.